and we have a quorum. Um, so you're ready? <clears throat> I believe so. Okay. Um, welcome everyone to the August 18th Metropolitan Planning Organization um, Policy Board meeting. Uh, we will begin with some explanation from Jessica. Yes, thank you. I have a few housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you're not speaking. The chat function of this public meeting is disabled and all chats will go directly to me as the host. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active medium participants to be seen on screen. You, also be, you will still be able to hear the meeting. When you're participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city and MPO reserve the right to mute people or turn individual video off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I'll turn the meeting uh, over to Paul for a quorum call. Carter? Present. Kelly? Larson? Here. Messina? Robert? Here. Shipley. Here. Thomas. Okay, we do have quorum present. All right. Um, that brings us to public comment. Is there any public comment there in the room? There is no one present. Is is there anyone online? Just oh, and yeah, and there's no one who's indicated by raising their hand online that they would like to uh, provide comment today. Very good. Um, let's move on then to approval of the minutes uh, from July 21st, 2022. Uh, are there any um, questions or changes? Um, I, I guess I'll entertain a motion. Anybody have a feeling about this? Matt Roberts, uh, I make a motion to approve the minutes from the last meeting. Second. Larson. I have a first and a second, Paul. Carter. Abstain. I was absent. Kelly. Can't hear you. Can't hear Patrick. Kelly has indicated he would like to abstain because he was absent. Larson? Um, I thought I already, did I already speak? Yeah, uh, yeah, yes. I, I seconded, I guess. That's right. <laughs> Patrick, you got me going there. <laughs> Roberts. Yes. Shipley. Yes. The motion passes 3-0. Great. Thank you, Paul. Uh, that brings us to our agenda items. 
the first item is the 2021 to 2024 Transportation Improvement Program Amendment Number Seven. Yes, yeah, so this amendment is, excuse me, was um, open for public comments July 7th through 22nd. Um, we did receive comments from a number of the project sponsors about revisions or additions, but no comments from the general public. Um, the, the projects being amended um, includes the Wakarusa project, um, a modification to the funding from 50-50 to 60% county, 40% city, um, as well as some revisions to the US 40K10 interchange um, funding, uh, 19th Street reconstruction funding, um, K10 funding changes as well, as well as some bike ped projects in Baldwin City, Lawrence in Eudora. Um, the uh, TAC did recommend approval at their last meeting and happy to answer any questions if there are any. Um, <clears throat> I do, and I'm I'm not sure. Maybe Commissioner Larson will have a better memory, or Jessica. Um, I I don't remember us agreeing to sixty forty with the city and the county. Can you give me background on that? So it's my understanding that this is the updated financial agreement based on the agreements between the county commission and the city commission and KDOT um, that was indicated by the letter that was sent. Um, that's what the project sponsor is updating to request. We understand this project is still in process and is contingent upon uh, future approval and or consideration of changes in any of those budgets or CIPs. And this project currently represents the current uh, this current status of the project as proposed. Any other questions? Uh, let's make sure there's no public comment. There is no one in person to provide comment on this tip a minute and no one has raised their hand online to indicate they would like to comment. Okay, thank you. Uh, let's bring it back for discussion. Any discussion? <clears throat> um, oh, go ahead, Commissioner. Larkin. Yeah, I just you know um, at this point, I have um, the Walker Roos Extension project is one that I am not ready to commit to. Um, and since I think I understood what you said, Jessica, that this is kind of one of the beginning phases, is that right, of the process? Is that right? Yeah, so based on the current status of the project and the, the conversations and documents that have been um, agreed to at this point, this project represents this project entry and change represents those conversations. Um, this, however, doesn't mean that that won't change in the future. And we understand there's ongoing conversation about this project, not just you know what we've heard in the community, but also based on the comment that we received at last month's uh, policy board meeting. And so 
there are, this is just updating the project based on what the status is of that now. Um, that doesn't mean that um, if a local government or county government chooses not to fund a portion of the project, this doesn't commit them to that funding. Their individual CIPs do that um, for this project. And right at this point though, that this is what is the, what are the terms of the project, which is why the project sponsor is requesting an update to this project. So it's possible these projects change multiple times over the course of their life of any one project. You can see as they evolve in the conversation, there's changes on almost every amendment to uh, funding sources or amounts based on what happens as the project develops in the process. And so this is one example where as we do quarterly updates, project sponsors submit requests for changes to us that keeps the project as up to date as possible based on the current facts. Okay. Uh, I think I have a couple questions. I mean, if I understood the, the purpose of the TIBS is also to make sure that that money is encumbered. So that makes your explanation sort of confusing. You're somewhat agreeing, agreeing to encumber the money, right? Well, in the sense that for, for local governments, yes and no. In the sense that it's in a current draft of a CIP, that's all the more committed to it is at this point um, for this project. And that's reflective of that. At the point that it would be removed, that's when the project then could change. The federal commitments, that's when once a TIP is approved, that's what is required to obligate the federal funding portion. There, This document does not control any local money. It only regulates and, the, and releases the ability. It's the gatekeeper for federal resources. So the federal resources on any project would not be able to be expended um, if this they weren't in this document. Mm -hmm. And, and you're, this is Commissioner, this is um, Lisa Larson, I don't know, Commissioner, whatever. Um, and so the, if it, if it weren't in here, we couldn't get federal money for any of, any of the, the K-10 stuff, or is it just this part of the project? So if, if a project that's regionally significant or has federal money is not included in this document, meaning the listing is not included, then there is there's no provision to incorporate it into the state transportation improvement program, which means that funding can't be obligated for the project. Can this one item be separated out from the other items? I, you mean, could you remove it from the amendment? I believe you could. I mean, have two separate votes. Could you have vote for uh, just this one item and then the other six or seven that are on there, a separate vote? I don't see why not, if that's how, what you would choose to do. We've never done that before. We've approved, we've never done it, but I don't know that there's no precedent to vote to for the amendment summary with all projects excluding that project and then vote for the amendment with that project. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, if that's how somebody would like to continue to the discussion and frame that, that we could proceed in that way. I don't know if any, unless anybody sees any reason why we couldn't. Okay. Um, I've, Go I've got one more clarification. Just, I just wanna make sure I understand and I apologize if this is a repetition. Um, 
So if, if the Wakarusa project was not approved in this go around, then we could not get any federal money for any of the K-10 projects or just this portion of it. I think that would be something we would have to kind of clarify with KDOT. Mm -hmm. Currently, the projects are listed separately in the TIP. Um, that's because they originated as separate projects. Um, when they, when we've looked at the new TIP, there's been conversation with the changing tone in that of the projects being grouped that they be combined as a single project. So we haven't yet done that. I'm not sure how that impacts the ability of the other project because the agreement that was made, as I understand it, for the K-10 project included the money for the part of the Wakarusa project as match for the K-10 project. So I'm not sure that, I'm not sure how KDOT would consider removing this project um, without showing that match somewhere else. So I would have to seek further clarification to be able to answer that question. Okay. Because I, I don't want to hold this up if it's going to impact the federal dollars we're going to get from the entire K-10 project. I don't want to hold that up. And so I would be concerned. Yeah. Matt, I don't know if you can speak to that. You're muted. Sorry, so used to controlling that just on my headset. Uh, Matt Messina, KDOT. Um, I am in the same boat as Jessica. I am not familiar with that being an option of that separation or from the from the tip amendment process or how that would impact funding opportunities for the other related projects um that's a quite unique scenario um this is the this is related to your line of questioning i believe commissioner um jessica this is the first time i've seen a response update um that you show as the public comment here, the MPO response, the change is requested by Baldwin, Eudora, or any, any occasion. I don't remember ever seeing this like this yeah. before. Yeah. Um, how did those corrections come about? It doesn't appear that it is terribly complicated for them to simply um, contact you and, and make a request to change. Yeah, so this is, that is a unique scenario. The Typically, we have a project request period that happens. And once that closes, we prepare the document for public comment. The document was already out for public comment when we received requests from those entities um, based on funding changes in conversations with KDOT related, I believe a lot to bid prices. As you see, the construction prices for all of those have gone up. Those projects are all underway and there was an additional allocation um, of TA funding. And so to avoid having to wait until October for the new TIP, um, they requested as part of the public comment period that that request, it came in there. There have there historically we have done that and shown the revision to that. Those changes wouldn't have gone out, wouldn't have been seen as part of the public comment period. So we have that conversation with TAC, and TAC made their recommendation to approve the revised listing, which included the changes requested by those cities during public comment. 
Um, okay, well, that's in, that's a, even more interesting. I didn't mean for it to lead here. I, I was frankly going to just suggest removing um, the city's part of that, but now you've led me to something stranger, which is we've had something out for public comment, meaning that we need to inform the public that this is uh, being talked about, but they had no actual accounting of what those actual numbers are because it wasn't available during public comment. So the yeah. time that this amount, these amounts were shown to the public is no longer accurate. Therefore, this is the first time the public's seeing it or last week when it came out. For those three, for those three projects, yes. And that's that is the reality of making the request for those changes. We don't take that lightly, and I do think we consider as staff internally the nature of these projects. So for example, if somebody requested to add a whole new project, that would have triggered, we would have triggered a whole new process. Like we would have either said, no, you need to wait, or we would have done started a whole new uh, public comment period. The nature of these changes was to really Really to reflect the inflation that's happening and the additional commitment that was going to have to happen on projects that were already established and awarded projects in the in the tip and that's why we made that decision to proceed in that way but i do think that's why we pointed out and we did not just put a tip on the agenda without showing you those revisions and documenting those as comment requests because we want to make you aware that that process does look different Ed, Jessica, Matt from KDOT, I would add that in most of the cases where this occurred, because it's not only in the MPO area, it's across the board on all those projects, this is the effort to be able to actually reduce the responsible costs of the project sponsors. So hopefully, um, you know, the public would be uh, in support of that. And so to go back to my original question, in order for those changes to be made, which seems like they're all positive, um, the Baldwin merely had to email you and say, hey, change it to this, and that that was the process. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's their process generally when we do a TIP revision is there's a form and request that project sponsors respond to based on the TIP document. And if they're programmed projects in the region um, that are consistent with the long range transportation plan, then there is no reason why we would not program them based on solely on their request and their commitments for funding. That's how this TIP gets made. Okay, then I, I will go to what, where I was kind of leading with that was, can we accept this? Um, they're, you know, not worrying about the question we seem to have about whether we can vote on them all at the same time and simply remove that the city um, is agreeing to 40% of this project. And if we agree to it later, we can just redo the tip, right? So I, in what I hear in that you're either, are you asking just to exclude the requested project changes to 106 as part of this amendment? Or you're asking to entirely remove a project because you can't remove the funding without removing the project. You can't have a project that costs 12 million, 12.75 million dollars and 
not have show all where all the money's coming from because the tip okay. must be fiscally constrained. So you can you have one of two choices. You can't just take away from a project. You have to either remove the project or not update the changes which impacts the funding. Okay. That's thank you. Okay. Any so go ahead. Yeah. So I am uncomfortable voting on that 106 without knowing how a no vote would impact the funding for the entire K-10 project, since this is a portion of that. Uh, I, if I understood what she was just saying, we could remove this, we could have a discussion in a week with the county, all come to the same agreement and, and re put it back on there. And yes, I and I don't know enough about the timeline of the project in that sense that if that money, if there's not the commitment of that money showing in the tip at all, if that impacts the other K-10 project. We're, go we're going to have to include the additional funding. So the rest of the K-10 monies, right, that just got approved as part of the Ike pipeline, pipeline projects aren't part of this amendment yet. They were That announcement was made since this process was uh, was well too far on its way. So those that project changes will happen as part of the new tip that's planned for approval in October that we're working on with project sponsors in developing now. And it, this is a 2021 to 24 tip that will that will be a 2023 to 26 tip. This commissioner, go ahead, go ahead. I did, commissioner Kelly. I mean, it seems like we're wanting. I hear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can't hear you. We lost you. Have a way to help us. Do I need to be closer, Kurt? Can we try a different mic. It's my ventriloquist skills. So it sounds to me like there's can't hear you. We can't hear you. Okay, so. Okay. Am I here or there? Well, I'm here everywhere. Okay. 
Can you hear me? Okay. Hey, sorry about that. So it sounds to me like city commissioners are concerned about 106 and how that will impact the K-10 project and state and federal funding for the K-10 project. Is that correct? Okay, I see Lisa mouthing, that's correct, right? So my question is, for and for Jessica, is what's the timeline on this? Do we need to get more information before we feel more comfortable? Do we have any ability to defer this until we have more clarity around that? Or does this need to happen today? Um, thank you for that question. I think it helps clarify. My recommendation, if that's the case around this project, would be to remove the requested changes for Project 106 to this tip. That would leave the previous edits in there untouched until we're ready to amend it based on the whole condition. And it would allow the rest of the projects in this tip that require changes to not be affected by any additional obligations or work that they need to do to move forward. It recognizes the fact that we also still have project additions of funding that are gonna have to come as part of the new tip um, in October related to the K-10 project, and we could clean up both of those projects at this time, however they're presented or proposed, whether that be together or separate with whatever funding they have. Does that, is that amenable to where, to the concern that you have? It is. This is um, Commissioner Larson. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, okay. So it wouldn't remove 106. It would just remove the Change. the changes to 106 at this point as part of this revision. It would not be included in what we would post as a final amendment seven. Okay, but it would include the 50-50. Yeah, that's exist. That's the existing project listing. Okay. So it would just be untouched from the previous submission date. So on each of these tip, here, let me share my screen real quick with you. So on each of these project screens, it shows the date the project, well, wait a second when you see it, here we go. It shows right here on all of these tip projects, um, it shows the date the project was added. So the first time it appeared in the tip, um, and it shows, so if it was 2016, that was in tips ago, previous tips, and it shows the last time that we revised it. So that would be 822 based on this. This would go back to the date that it was previously revised. And, there, and the changes that were proposed as part of this amendment would be erased and it would put back to, this, to the date that it was previously entered. Okay, got it. Okay. Any other questions or discussion? Ms. Commissioner Kelly, can we see what's in the tip without the amendment? Is that possible? Yes. We know or... Yes, give me a second. Make everybody sick if I do that on. <laughs> Come on. 
106 right here, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what you're seeing on the screen is the current project tip 106 um, in the most recent 2021-24 tip administrative revision four, which was the most recent document. The last time it looks like it had been changed was 10 of 21. And so in here, again, there is this one just says that it has the note about partnering on project costs for design and construction at 50-50. Any other questions or comments? No. Uh, I, do, I do have one question. Can you hear me? Yeah. Is so if we would leave it at the 50-50, why would we even have it on this tip list, this number seven, to, if it if there's no changes to it, because these represent changes on this. Is that correct? Yes. So we would amend that what we post as that amendment seven and the changes that are requested as part of amendment seven would be removed and it would be put back to the previous version until it can be amended based on the new characteristics of both the awards of the KDOT funding for the K-10 project and whatever gets negotiated as the, all the local match commitments for the future as part of the new tip. And in the meantime, this project is still underway. It's not, that won't impact, that should not impact anybody's decision to change the formulas for funding or the project as that evolves. And we would change it at that time since those discussions are still ongoing. Okay. And in the meantime, then you will get information as to how this would impact um, the entire K-10 project, correct? Yes, before we, as we understand how those projects are submitted in the future, I think part of the continuing conversation with KDOT that both the city and county are going to have is about what the relationship between the commitment for the match is to each component of the project. Okay, right. Okay, thank you. All right, anything else? <clears throat> I'm guess I'm looking at Commissioner Larson for a, <laughs> a motion here. Motion. Um, go up towards you. Go back. And so, would my motion be to to approve it with the exception of 106? Yes. Is that correct? Okay. Yes, I believe that's the motion. So I approve um, motion to approve the revised F, um, fiscal fiscal year 2021 through 2024 transportation improvement plan tip amendment set seven with the exception of project 106. I'll, I'll go ahead, Patrick. Well, we, we sort of need a second and then I have a question about the motion. Oh, I'll, I'll, go ahead. I'll go ahead and second. 
and then ask a question. So Commissioner Larson, we are reverting back to the previous plan for this. Do we want to include that in the motion just to be clear that it's we're not eliminating the project. We're just going back to the previous, um, the, the most recent amendment. Yeah, the most recently approved approved um, amount for this project. That's fine. Is that good enough, Jessica? Okay. Yes. Good. I've got a first and a second. Paul? Carter? I'm sorry, forgive me. I, I couldn't hear if that was my name called or. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Kelly? Yes. Larson? Yes. Athena? Yes. Roberts? Yes. Shipley? Yes. The motion passes unanimously. Uh, great, thanks everyone. Um, and that brings us to our limited English proficiency plan update. That's good. Sorry. Yes. I have a few slides I would like to share with you that I prepared just to pull some stuff from the document so we're not scanning through. Um, we would ask you to entertain approval of our limited English proficiency plan update today. Um, the MPO has the obligation to ensure that we are engaging and in, uh, including limited English proficiency populations in our uh, federally funded transportation planning and this plan outlines how we identify people who may need language assistance, the ways that we provide it, what staff support we have, um, and how we notify person, LEP persons that are available. And this is our process. There's a four-factor analysis that go that USDOT identifies that should be considered for all recipients of federal funding to understand how LEP persons and implementing a plan to include them in the process. And we're going to walk through each of these steps. The first is the number or proportion of LEP persons served or encountered. And in this region, we're looking, we have each of the cities broken down, but we're also showing you Douglas County for our MPO area. Um, there are 811 persons that speak English less than well based on the 2016 to 2020 American Community Survey. And as we break that down even further to look at the variation in language spoken, you can see the number of uh, in persons um, for each language. The two highest um, categories are Asian and Pacific languages, um, which is challenging because that could be a multitude of languages. Um, and the highest single language is identified as Spanish with 270 uh, persons. We want to understand how frequently uh, limited English individuals have contact with MPO programs and services. We'll talk a little bit later about what those requests have been historically and what we've done. But part of this process um, has been as we identify this plan is we have a list of other departments, divisions, and um, 
community groups that we send out a survey to and ask them what their frequency of requests for languages are so we can understand even if our requests may be underrepresented based on um, the requests that are being seen across the community at large. And we put together this responses to understand how many, what languages or what requests uh, for interpretation um, are being kind of received in the community. Obviously, this is not scientific. It's a way for us to tell and indicate what's um, happening in our region. It, we also also ask these providers how they handle those requests and how that um, interaction is done, which is valuable insight for us to identify strategies we can also use or resources that may be available to us. You, oh, and you can see here that the highest request um, across all these A agencies um, based on their most recent kind of year of experiences um, is, is Spanish. Um, we do put into context the nature and importance of the MPO's programs and services. So we use federal funds for transportation projects. Um, however, the MPO doesn't provide direct programs, activities, and services involving vital immediate or emergency assistance or medical treatment. Um, and so while we do want to encourage involvement in MPO planning and decision making, it's entirely voluntary that people contact us or that we get in touch in places where people are um, to get that uh, the nature of that, those requests and that assistance um, that in the process. And so this part of the plan just documents kind of um, where we stand in terms of the larger spectrum of needs for translation and uh, impact to LEP populations. Um, we have a small size of LEP populations in our county, and we don't meet the threshold to, that need that requires uh, the, the production of planning documents in information other than English. Um, however, we do have special accommodation requests. You should see these on our agendas, um, in our documents, and in our process. And we do re review requests for translationship, and in partnership with the city, our host agency, make attempts to meet requests for long non-English engagement. An example of that um, is I speak cards, which we have always in our tub when we go to table or have meetings um, or able to pull up um, as a way to if somebody approaches us and we recognize they don't speak English, how to do that. Of course, some of the freer or understand uh, you know, uh, resources of online translation, thinking about verbal or written, um, and then volunteer or existing bilingual staff, which we've used. We have a paid Propio language service, which can do phone and written translation, and that's we've paid for that service um, to translate a few of our different surveys. And we'll talk a little more about that in the next slide. We've also asked for assistance from peers, other departments, um, and I would consider approaching KU language departments. And we kind of identify all of these so we have an action plan um, if we get a request for translation. We have had LEP interactions and we do continuous monitoring. Um, and so these three surveys, the T2050 survey, the pedestrian plan survey, and the Safe Routes to School survey, um, we had requests either by members of the public or um, by a stakeholder group. So an other interested stakeholder in our process has requested on behalf of uh, limited English proficiency populations. And you can see here the number, the few responses that we did get um, based on those 
those requests um, after we translated, uh, paid to do that. We don't have a set aside budget for this. And so that is a long-term consideration um, if we would encounter additional requests for LEP and or additional documents and engagement um, with that, that we would need to um, make all attempts to accommodate um, within that. We haven't received other requests um, for any of that process and engagement. So that kind of gives you some context to where we're at in our public engagement process. Um, as part of our monitoring and the oversight of this plan, we believe we met the goals of the 2019 LEP plan, and we are committed to continued monitoring of the LEP in, the, in our planning processes, and we'll make changes and updates as necessary. Additionally, in our LEP plan, we have a complaints process and our Title VI program coordinator, Jeff Crick, um, is the contact for that work and would proceed to go through that process. But we historically have have, have received no complaints of our efforts um, under Title VI or for LEP. I'd be happy to entertain any questions you may have. Um, lim limited English proficiency planning is important because um, we have come to find when you get those requests, it's really nice to have a plan so you know exactly what your contacts are and what the approach should be. And that's helped us be able to achieve the translations that we did when we got requests. And so we will be continually committed to um, doing that work in our region. I'd be happy to entertain any questions. Um, or discussion. I guess I have a question, uh, David Carter, Planning Commissioner. Uh, it's 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 fantastic that you've invested this time into the into the Spanish translation. Um, I, I'm I'm curious, uh, and forgive me if you already covered this, but what kind of um, accommodation can you offer for those who don't meet that threshold? You know, somebody who wants you know Hindi or Bengali uh, translation. I think the expectation is that we would engage the Propio language service based on any request we got. The only requests we've gotten so far were Spanish, and that's why we made our efforts in Spanish. Um, but if any individual approached us with, um, that's what the I speak cards are to determine what language we need to approach. And the Proprio service is something that's a, a, a number you can call um, and or schedule translation. So we would figure out what that person's interest was in engaging with the process and make sure that we directed, recognizing that we don't have unlimited resources, directing their engagement and our translation services to make sure that they could participate um, in the process that, that impacted them. I think um we would do that we would do that as best we could for any language fantastic thank you any other questions is there any public comment on this there's no one present in the room and no one has indicated by raising their hand very good. Um, let's bring it back. Uh, are there any discussion or motions? This is uh, Commissioner Larsh. I, I move to approve the limited English profic proficiency plan. I'll second. Yeah. Paul. Carter? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Larson? Yes. 
Messina? Yes. Roberts? Yes. Shipley? Yes. The motion passes unanimously. Very good. Thank you, everyone. Uh, that brings us to our quick updates. Jessica, do you have anything? I don't believe we had anything. Um, the only thing we mentioned today and we had updated TAC about was just that we are working on a new tip. And so that's kind of our other new work um, that would be stuff you may not be aware that we're working on. KDOT, do you have anything? Uh, no, not at the, the moment. I believe this uh, board is well aware of the announcements that were made recently by the governor and the secretary of the um, Ike expansion and modernization projects. Um, and I think that they uh, covered that quite well. All right. Okay. Uh, that brings us then to other business. Is there any other business? Not seeing anything. All right, that brings us to our next meeting, which will be September 15th, unless Jessica tells us otherwise. To be determined. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Thanks again, everyone. Um, I don't think we do a motion to leave, but it was lovely to see you all again. Thank you. Thank you.